Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Right. 100% listener supported radio. Reporting the danger. Unafraid, right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution, Revolution, Radio. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Three, two, one. You're listening to the best smelling man in radio, the Ballbusters Podcast. Did you forget? You Don't get caught broadcasting out of your anus. Stay grounded to earth. Learn the facts at FactHunterRadio.com. We now return to Ballbusters podcast already in violation. Good morning, everyone. This is Daniel with a very awful sounding voice today because I am sick, but I'm here. Sorry about last week. Had some technical difficulties. Do apologize if anybody was getting up just to, you know, listen to that. So revolution.radio, guys. This is the... do my very best to always be here. I love it here. I appreciate the opportunity, and I think it's a it's a great thing, and I and I treat it as such. Okay, so let's uh let's see what we're gonna do today. I am quite under the weather as far as th- sore throat, uh, inability to talk. When I first woke up, a friend of mine told me to drink hot sauce, and I have plenty of that around, so I did that. Um, I also have raw honey, which is an antibacterial, antimicrobial. It has antibacterial and antimicrobial properties if it's raw. If they don't uh, overdo it with the heat and ruin it, then it has all those wonderful things it's supposed to have in it. So I have that and some oolong tea, triple strong oolong tea. This is my second uh, batch of that. So hopefully I can get through this. I'm going to probably play a little bit of audio to give myself a break in between. And uh, so as far as being the most uh, – excuse me being the most prepared as far as like what I'm going to talk about today it's kind of been one of those days where well actually the last two days I'm not focusing properly like the uh 
the juice, the uh, the electrics, <laughs> the electricity, the connection to all these random, you know, spurious thoughts that I get and these uh, these impulses that make me think, oh yeah, I should I should share that with people and talk about that and the connecting the dots and that's kind of been like doled out because of my being under the weather and severely overtired and things like that. So we will do our best, but I would like to also remind people that on Spreaker. Uh, Spreaker.com, it's a uh, backslash show, backslash ball busters with hyphens in between it, but you can just look for ball busters, B-A-A-L-B-U-S-T-E-R-S. Fight IQ was the last radio show, and that was on November 11th, right? That was episode five, Fight IQ and Menticide. We're going to touch upon that a little bit today, too. But if you go to Spreaker, it's also uh, going to show you two other posts that I put up there. One of them is called Unfolding Agenda, another piece of the puzzle which for some reason was extremely popular in downloads. And then the uh, the most recent one was the 21st, so three days ago, and that was called Inquisition 2.0, Behold a pair, Pale Horse and Weaponized Psychiatry. And that one I find very uh, relevant to what's going on these days and uh, something to, to keep in mind and to be aware of and cautious of as well. So there's... There's foreboding, foreshadowing, and all that other four stuff <laughs> in, in that particular podcast. <clears throat> and the, the other one that I would also recommend, because there's a lot of these things that I say, and if I say them once, I probably don't go over it again only because under the assumption that you don't want to hear me repeat myself and say the same things every, every uh, show that I do, I just point you in the direction where I've said it before so you don't have to – if you've already heard it, you don't have to hear it twice. All right, so let me just – there's one called on my Joshua TV, and I'm gonna put this up real quick. Speaking of which, by the way, I am going to be on Roku on the 29th. So there was a blackout time between the 17th and the 29th for whatever reason, but I've already submitted my channel through uh, Joshua TV. So for those of you who are not unaware, because I didn't know uh, how to get onto Roku, it's actually pretty hard. And usually people hire developers from anywhere to, to between 50 to $100 an hour because you have to create your own app and do all this other stuff that most people can't do because they're not techies. So they hire somebody else to do that for them. And then work ethic being what it is, you get what you get sometimes, you know. And then the other thing is people who also hire their own developers can pay anywhere between ten grand and $50,000 and wait six months before their video actually appears. I mean, sorry, their their channel actually is is finished and and ready to to um, launch on on Roku. So it's not cheap, but it was, but it wasn't, and now now it is because uh, with JoshuaTV.com, if you have your uh, a channel there, you can totally get onto Roku with a few steps. They they're not really that difficult steps, and then you did it all for free. And then next thing you know, you're gonna be able to be seen on people's television sets. So now. I'm already on YouTube, and people who have, uh, you know, a smart TV, they can be on YouTube if they want to be. Uh, and then, you know, if you if you have a smart TV, you can click on your YouTube app, and you can watch anybody's channels. But the thing with that is, it's a it's it's YouTube censorship. Half the stuff that you want to say isn't isn't on there. Uh, so the only alternative, the only way for us to have shown a, the thing, the meat and potatoes, the good stuff to you, would be to tell you to come to. The website, right? It comes to joshuatv.com, brand YouTube, whatever, whatever the alternative platforms are to YouTube. Because those, but those ones don't have an app for TV. But Roku, being what it is, and have having the Joshua TV linked to it, now all the uncensored stuff will be 
able to be used with a remote. You know what I mean? You're going to have that, the ability to just watch it on your smart TV if you have Roku uh, in, enabled television sets. I say television set like I'm from the 60s or something, right? I don't even think they call them television sets anymore, but <laughs> I'm not really that old. It's kind of funny. All right, so the other thing I was going to show here is there's one called Work Ethic. It's not the full name of it, so I'm just going to go click to the channel real quick because it's actually really important. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to have a hard time today, guys, so just let you know ahead of time. Oh, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? Hold on one second. Technical dopey difficulties here. Oh, my God. What is going on? I don't want that there. Oh, every time. Uh, okay. Well, let's try this a third time. If, if it happens again, I'm done. And I'm going to mess with it. Keeps on pulling up windows in front of me. Why is it doing that? Why am I getting windows pulled in front? I, okay, I quit. I quit. Nope, nope, nope. All right, never mind. It has work ethic written in it in capital letters. But for whatever reason, every time I click on my thing, it pulls a window in front of me. So I'm, the fury is going to just leave my body mo momentarily, I guess. All right, so I talked about Roku. I talked about JoshuaTV.com being an alternative platform to, to YouTube and where you can find uncensored stuff. And it's a Section 230 covered site. So that actually literally means that it's used, being used as a platform and not a publisher. All those good things that everybody claims that they want, but those who have big channels never seem to uh, actually follow through with they, what they claim that they want. All right. So moving on here, I have just posted a video for uh, the brand new tube channel. It was actually Josh from Joshua TV's last posting it's a 10 minute video called covid vaccines killing people all over the world and it's a bunch of clips of that very thing happening and hold on one second let's go back over here where am i at mm -hmm. i thought so yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm a little out of it today guys i apologize i'm here i guess is what i'm trying to say uh <clears throat> and where was i just god damn my memory, everything, everything is fighting at me right now. Everything. Okay, so they're showing, uh, you know, high school games, people f collapsing on the courts, uh, on the field and, and football, basketball courts, uh, everybody twitching out, just all kinds of horrible things happening because of these shots, right? People almost immediately getting a like an MS reaction to the shots uh, on their way home from getting the shot. It's, it's a lot of really horrible stuff and it's all real. And um, that that video on on Joshua TV, I just reposted and, and put the links on for Josh on my brand new YouTube channel. It already has in the last six hours 1,303 views and 32 likes. It, it's eclipsed anything that had likes on it before on my channel and that one video. So check that out. It's called COVID vaccines killing people all over the world. Okay, all right, I'm gonna click out of that now. And I want to try to frame this properly because kind of going along with fight IQ that we were talking about before, like it's important to even know like, like, like a lot of people don't even know they're, they're under attack and that's kind of sad and scary. It's, and <clears throat> of course, very concerning to people who are living in the constant uh, awareness of that. I don't want to say fear because it's not, the feeling isn't fear. It's just telling you that you're going to have about to have to do something, you know? And you're just waiting for that time and mental, the mental, mental prep and then 
you forget about it after a while, like like after the lockdowns and stuff like that, and you you start digging into the food that you so that you stacked up or whatever, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be bad again. So we might as well rebat, you know, re- restock and replenish all the stuff we started eating. It the thing about timelines is, uh, you know, the the longer they drag on, the 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 war of attrition it works in their favor. Hesitation favors only the enemy. Since we're not doing anything about it, they're gonna they're gonna take their sweet time and make sure that they erode us as as much as possible and, and weaken us before they come in and basically just pick us off. And uh, the gas pricing is one of those one of those things. Okay, so gas prices affect everything else that you do because you have to freight it someplace if you're going to buy it in the first place, right? And then gas at the pump. You're talking about the <clears throat> all the products costing more because of that, right? And then you have the the I would say weaponized minimum wage uh, increases to the point where cheap labor isn't so cheap anymore. So now you have to add that to the total cost of a good. In addition to that, they're printing money like crazy, devaluing the dollar rapidly. So you're going to have to work a whole lot more just to just to stay right where you are. And with supply chain issues being what they are, and businesses being well, let's put it this way: if if they have mandates already in in place by their policy, quote unquote, and you've been uh, railroaded out of your job, well, what are you going to do now? And if you are, you know, somebody who works for themselves or you know is a in logistics or something like that, and you have to get supplies, where are you getting them from? How are you how are you continuing to push forward? Has everything dried up yet? Or are they about to? How many more months, weeks, whatever you have, have you got left of supplies before you're not going to be able to find them again? This is all part of the game, and it's called a war of attrition. The slow starving out and reaping of everything that you need to carry on life. And when we talked about it with the, the Civil War, we talked about them burning down homes, burning down, uh, you know, salting the fields after they burned all the crops, killing all the livestock. And then they would take the clothes off their back and everything that they owned and put in a pile and see what the soldiers wanted out of the pile. And then they'd burn the rest. And they would leave them naked and cold in the winter, children raped, all kinds of stuff. And that was our own fellow countrymen in the Civil War. All right. That was a reality. They don't like to talk about it. So now we're looking at the same thing, just a little bit of history repeating, right? And I want to just play a couple. Of them. Well, first, I'm going to probably go right back to Yuri Bezmenov and play a good portion of that so that we understand what subversion is and why we're banging our heads against walls. Trying to if if, if the people that you're talking to right now are not aren't like, you know, hip to what's happening, there's a chance that they never will be because they can't be. And it's not so much a choice as it's like. I can't make my. TRS-80 computer from Radio Shack from 1975, you know, do a podcast. It's just, it just can't do it. It's not built for that. It doesn't even understand what's going on. It can't, it, it can't operate to the capacity that's required for it to handle any of that stuff. So it's not going to ever be able to, no matter what you do to a TRS-80 computer or a Commodore 64, I wouldn't be doing this radio broadcast right now on one of those, no matter what I did to it. Okay. It's just not going to happen. All right, so I have a couple things up here. I like I said, as far as the uh, being 100 percent 
All right, all right here, here we go. There's a, there's two things I want I want to kind of explain here, and then we'll, after destroying U.S. energy sector, this is from the Gateway Pundit. After destroying U.S. energy sector, Biden to release 50 million barrels of oil from strategic reserve. Right, so he stopped the pipeline, and now he's going to deplete the the inventory. Right. <laughs> So people are thinking that, oh, he's, he's trying to do something to help the price of gas. That is the most superficial thing of this whole, this whole statement. And it's going to win favor with people because they're so simple-minded and, and short-sighted that that immediate gratification of having 10 cents less gas price is going to satisfy them and satiate them. And then when we're completely out as a country and he's stopped all influx of any kind of supply, then, then they're not even going to put two and two together that, hey, you know, Biden's the problem here or whoever's pulling the strings is the problem, the, the new world order. So on his first day in office, Joe Biden killed off. I thought it was only 10,000. And here it says 42,100 jobs by ending construction of the Keystone XL pipeline and the end of construction of the Trump border wall. And look what's also happening. We're getting tons and tons more people a day not being vetted very well coming across being promised all kinds of things and in the same scary sense that they were in south africa where they basically told them reclaim the land take what you want you like that house whack the people that are there and take it over it's yours now because we will own nothing and like it the national average for a gallon of gas is three dollars and forty cents over a dollar twenty per gallon increase in this last year yeah, there's a lot of states that also throw us an 80 to a dollar tax on top of that. So you have what I just filled up in San Diego yesterday. I didn't fill up because it was too expensive. I, I let it run too long when I was cleaning the window, but it was uh, $4.49, I want to say. Yeah, and that was for the cheap 87 octane, right? Not not the big stuff. It was 503 for the other stuff, I think. And uh, here in Yuma, it is... $3.67. And last year, it was barely over $3, if it was $3 at all. So that's that's a big jump. All right. And then it says, President Joe Biden on Tuesday will announce the release of emergency oil reserves to combat high energy prices ahead of the busy holiday travel season. Again, short-sighted behavior. The Department of Energy will release 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve when they could have just been pumped it through these pipelines that he keeps shutting down, according to the White House. <clears throat> the release is aimed at addressing the lack of oil supply around the world. This release will be in coordination with several other countries, including, this is the part that made me curious, in coordination with several other countries, including China, India, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom. What does that actually mean? Does that mean that some of our 50 million barrels is going to go to those guys too, as like aid? Is that what that means? I hope that that's not what that means. Hope he's not releasing it and telling us we're getting it and someone else does. Or they are also doing the same. Well, they didn't shut down their pipelines. So I'm not sure what that means. That that can, that concerns me a little bit. It sounds like we're sharing it with other people. All right. So there's that Jamoke here. And then let me see. I have another one up here with this guy. All right. So fighting gas prices. This is the Associated Press, you know, the Associated Press, Reuters, you might as well just call it the, the Rothschild uh, mouthpiece, right? So fighting gas prices, U.S. to release 50 million barrels of oil. 
Where are we at? President Joe Biden on Tuesday, whatever, 50 million barrels, okay, aiming to bring down gas line and other costs in coordination with other, what he's actually doing is he's emptying the warehouse. This is what he's doing. So there's no more backup. There's no more reserve. This is a manufactured crisis that's about to get way worse. And I hope everybody sees that. And then again, it says, in coordination with other major con uh, consuming nations, consuming nations, right, because we're bad people, including India, the United Kingdom, and China, the U.S. action is focused on helping Americans coping with higher fuel and other prices ahead of Thanksgiving and winter holiday travel. See how they paint this like it's not his fault in the first place? Oh, he's doing something to combat that. Because he, he's concerned about the well-being well and welfare of others. Meanwhile, he's urging them to go take a suicide shot. Gasoline prices are at about 3 to 40. Okay, so the same thing as the other one did. <clears throat> that Mockingbird Media. Because uh, these are the press release people, so it's going to be what other people have dragged their story out of, and uh, the Associated Press and other people. They're, they're feeding the stories, and then everybody else picks up on it. While our combined actions will not solve the problem of high gas prices overnight, it will make a difference. Biden promised, oh, he promised something in remarks at the White House. It will take time, but before long, you should see the price of gas drop where you fill up your tank. Right. Because that's, again, right in front of you and short-sightedness. The government will begin to move barrels into the market in mid to late December. Gasoline usually responds at a lag to changes in oil prices. And administration officials suggest that this is one of the several steps toward ultimately bringing down costs. One of the steps. Yeah, what's the other step? Restarting the, the pipeline re, uh, construction? Oil prices? Or maybe just stop? Uh, or do... Stop the policy of shutting down all the other ones. And I hope everybody notice, uh, understands this. A long time ago, I think it was a decade, two decades, three decades ago, the EPA, another weaponized uh, agency that has no business being in existence, they uh, made it so that you couldn't create any new refineries on U.S. soil. So what that means is they can only, they can only process it as fast as they can process it, regardless of how much they have. So in their, they're only supposed to work at 60% capacity so that they always have a section of it down and being maintained like for, for maintenance purposes and, and cleaning and stuff like that. They have been working at 100% for probably my whole life, and they're not supposed to do that. And because of the EPA making it so that you can't build another one, it can, it's only ever going to be processed as fast as it's processed, no matter how much you have. So if there's ever like a bottleneck, it's not going to be able to, oh, we can just pump out more. No, not if it has to be refined. Not if it has to be processed. You won't. Oil prices have dropped in the days ahead of the announcement. Oh, because it's like the stock market where everybody's about, it's all about emotional impulses. Uh, a sign that investors were anticipating the moves that could bring a combined 70 million to 80 million barrels of oil onto global markets. Oh, he's begging from other countries too, I see. But in trading after the announcement, prices shot up roughly 2% instead of falling. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the problem is that everybody knows that the measure is temporary. Yeah, and then after that, you have nothing, and you can't do it twice. So once it is stopped, then if the demand continues to be above supply, like it's right now, then you're back to square one. Exactly. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson spokesman Max Blaine said it was a sensible and measured step to support globalism, right? Not global. He said global markets, but I'm telling you what it really means. Uh-oh. I got a beep, beep, beep. What's that? Another one of those things, huh? <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know what's going on, but it's okay.
Somebody will tell me if I have problems. I hope. Yeah, it looks like we're good. All right, so now there's all that. And we're going to jump over to this guy now. So the sixth victim dies. An eight-year-old boy after Black Lives Matter supporter barrels his SUV through Waukesha Christmas Parade. A sixth victim died on Tuesday following the horrific attack. I don't like the fact that they have to label it anti-Trump Black Lives Matter supporter. Like, doesn't anybody understand what Black Lives Matter is? It's a it's a uh, small hat-funded uh, organization of domestic terrorists. Okay. And witnesses said on Tuesday that the vehicle barreled through the parade at picked-up speed as it was charging over children. 18 children were injured and sent to hospitals in the demonic – and they said demonic attack. I'm not saying that. That's what they said. 62 individuals were injured in total. Wow, that guy did a lot of records, huh? Six have died, including a child, on Tuesday. Eight-year-old Jackson Sparks died in the hospital on Tuesday after the BLM driver's assault on the parade. Here's a picture of him, and it says, The Denver Channel reported Jackson Sparks 8 passed away Tuesday, according to a post from LifePoint Church on Facebook, as well as the updated shared on GoFundMe fundraiser. So he has a fundraiser, if anybody's interested. Jackson Sparks has a fundraiser, GoFundMe, all right? He's an eight-year-old boy who was just murdered by a guy who was driving over the top of him. This afternoon, our dear Jackson has sadly succumbed to his injuries and passed away, the update reads. Jackson's brother, Tucker Sparks, 12, continues to heal. It was a family standing around enjoying something and being, and then getting murdered. Brooks appeared in court on Tuesdays following Sunday's deadly attack. And then there's a picture of his crazy eyes. All right. And then if we go over to, I'm going to get rid of that one. There is, where is he at? Now we're talking about Daryl Brooks, the guy who says vehicular jihad. Daryl Brooks behind uh, belongs to uh, Black Supremacist Nation of Islam sect, the Five Percenters. Uh, not to be outdone by the by the uh, motorcycle clubs, right? With the One Percenters. <laughs> it says this would explain a great deal. Daryl Brooks was reportedly a Five Percenter. The Five Percenters are an offshoot of the Nation of Islam, which is itself an offshoot of mainstream Islam. And Islam itself was created by the Roman Catholic Church, but we'll just leave that alone for now. The race-hate doctrines of the, net, <clears throat> of the nation are not derived from Sunni or Shiite Islamic teachings. But they have to make sure they put their disclaimer in so as not to offend others, right? But since members of the nation identify as Muslims, it is entirely possible that they can be influenced by jihad teachings and actions. I believe this was a post by, uh, okay, it's Robert Spencer. I thought of this. Was, there's a Paul Joseph Watson uh, one in here somewhere too. All right, let's see. It's highly possible that they can be influenced by jihad teachings and actions. John Muhammad, the Beltway sniper, was a member of the Nation of Islam who went from there into mainstream Islam. Many others have followed the same path as well. This would open up the possibility that Brooks was committing a vehicular jihad, a common jihadic tactic. The Islamic State has called for this, and do you hear that? So they're calling for the, the random murder of innocent children and lives. And it has been perpetuated many times in Israel, Europe, and even in Ohio. <laughs> this is not being, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm not laughing because it's just like, you'd think like exotic, like Israel, Europe, Ohio. That's I smirked at. This is not being used. Uh, this is not being discussed in the establishment media, of course, because the true form 
they never follow up on stories that might make Islam look bad. Oh, because true to form, sorry. In fact, since Daryl Brooks reveals so much of the establishment's left's in narrative to be false, the media has hardly reported about him at all. The Bakesha incident was a tragedy, they say. No, it was mass murder. Exclusive. Daryl Brooks belongs to the, okay, and we already heard that. And then there's some more stuff in the mirror. All right, Lumard. Lumard was first to exclusively report the identity of the Wakasha, Wisconsin attacker, Daryl Brooks. Our investigative reporting confirmed that he was the attacker and owner of the red SUV used in Sunday's Christmas parade attack that left at least five people dead and dozens more injured. We were also first to report that his social media was littered with anti-white and anti-Jewish posts that encouraged the killing of white people and posts that celebrated Hitler for being right about the real Jews. Well, I, the last part I can't really disagree with. This publication was early to note that. Re <laughs> so, so I, this is what I. This is the way I look at it. You know the you know the Fourth of July, right? Like phonetically, the Fourth of July. Get it, right? So that's how you look. So you know that's not everybody. So the Fourth of July, the Fourth of Jews lie. Get it? Okay, so that's how you do that. Laura Luma posted that the suspect was likely a black Muslim, and now we can exclusively confirm that Daryl Brooks is a supporter of the 5% or nation, otherwise known as the Nation of Gods and Earths, and subsect Nation of Islam. The 5% nation is a black nationalist movement influenced by Islam. Members of the group call themselves Allah's 5%ers. The 5% nation preaches black supremacy and teaches that black people are the original inhabitants of planet Earth and that the white man is an evil devil. Well, that's why we can't get along, kids. The term 5%er comes from the 5% who are described in Nation of Islam in their lost found Muslim le uh, lesson number two. This lesson categorizes people in the world into three categories where 85% of the world's population, which includes white people, are described as uncivilized people, poison animal eaters, slave, slaves from mental, uh, slaves from mental death and power. I don't know what that means. People who are, do not know the living God or their origin in this world, and they worship that which they do not know. They are easily led in the wrong direction, but hard to lead into the right direction. The other 10% of the world's population is described as the rich slave makers of the poor who teach the poor lies to believe that they all, the almighty, true, and living God is a spook and cannot be seen by the physical eye, otherwise known as the bloodsuckers of the poor. There's, there's some truth to that part. The last 5%, known as the 5% nation, as described as the poor righteous teachers who do not believe in the teachings of the 10%, and are all wise and know who the living God is and teach that the living God is the son of man. They wrote it as S-U-N, like the, the son of man, the supreme being, the black man of Asia, and teaching free, and teach freedom, justice, and equality to all the human family on the planet Earth. That's a, they, they, that's a lie. If they just said it was equality and, and to all, well, you know, all of, if, you're, if you're the right color, I guess, because they're seeming awfully racist. So all good, all, all people of a certain uh, physical property and appearance are evil just because. Not for, forget about getting to know them or their heart or anything like that. Forget any of that, those logic, sensibility and reason things, you know, and just, you know, taking each person as, as an individual and seeing what they're, what they're worth. Screw that. 
No, let's just go right to uh, they're all bad. Uh huh. Sure thing. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Now I know what the beep was. All right. So there's a few things in here I just want to kind of explain. So things like that, those are types of attacks. What's happening with the with the gas and, and the oil and all that stuff, these are the creeping actions of what's called destabilization. All right. Uh, we're kind of mixing phases here as far as the subversion is going because you have almost all four of them going on at the same time. You have the uh, demoralization, which has been going on forever. So if people don't care about what's right and wrong, you can convince them to do anything, and they will justify that based on their own selfish wants and needs, right? Then you have the uh, the destabilization process, which has been going on, again, from the erosion of values, that's part of it. And then you have the lockdowns, the the mandates, all this stuff. It's 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 agitating a situation. It's weakening people. It's reducing their fun their their income to nothing sometimes when they're getting kicked out of their jobs. It's ruining families. It's causing divorces. It's causing all kinds of problems. Kids not being able to go to. I, I guess go, not being able to go to school isn't exactly a, a shortcoming, right? It's not really. It's not. It's much more of an aw shucks now. But now we understand what schools are all about. But the type of complications that makes for a family it can't be under underestimated uh, and you know if both parents have to work because everything is so damn expensive where, where's little johnny gonna go if he can't go to school because of you know they don't want they don't want their kid to be get whacked by a needle you know so we have all this stuff going on and if that's an, if, if things like many children dying of myocarditis left and right that not that are not being reported or being just a glimpse oh they passed out on the on the basketball court oh they passed out on the football field or you know, whatever the case may be that that it's just a they don't even associate one with the other when they tell the story they just say this poor kid blah 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 you know and then they move on but they don't ever associate it with what they what had happened and what 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 was the what was the cause what was the cause of that because, you know, this whole cause and effect thing is very, very murky in people's minds. I'm fine. I've, I feel great. I go do the right thing and, for, and, and, and do it to, 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 to build back better and, and, uh, and, and save the human race and save the human population. I'm going to go get that little pokey in my arm. Oh, now I'm dead. But it wasn't that. It was because they didn't get to me on time. Imagine how much worse it would be if I hadn't got that shot. Worse than dead, right? Apparently, I would have suffered more. These are things that people have actually uttered out of their mouths after their own family has passed away. And that's what that means by the uh, being so subverted that you just there's no coming back because you're just not seeing things for what they're supposed what they are. You're you're still passing it through that same filter of your belief structure. So it becomes like a religion. And there's only certain things that you will accept as being real. And one of those things that you will not accept is that doctors are bad. And that hospitals are a death camp and that they're deliberately trying to whack you through this giant eugenics pro program that's being carried out throughout the entire world right now europe is getting messed up pretty pretty bad right now from austria to australia daily outrageous offenses to mankind constantly 
you've got Germany about to do some really they're going to eclipse everybody it sounds like um there's there's some there's some big things happening and it, it's like they give you a little you make it they, just enough to appease you for a little while so that they can it's it's like the jab that you can block so that they can come over with the with the with the cross and not you know knock you the crap knock you the heck out it's just yeah, oh, I can handle that. Oh, I can handle that. Jab, 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 and then boom! You didn't see that one coming, did you? Well, you should. You should understand that you should at least be putting your arms up. And and I don't think anybody's even even raising their arms to protect their face at the moment. If we're going to continue on with that analogy, they're definitely not evading anything. They're not sticking and moving and adapting to the to the climate and the situation. I don't mean climate like climate change either, by the way. All right. So where are we at? So it's a it, right now we're just gonna play the uh, the Yuri Bezmenov clip because I need to my throat is really it's it's gonna be an uphill battle. I'm gonna get through today. Today is not gonna be the best that I've that my performance, but it because it's, my brain's not working right. I'm not I just don't have the same things going for me as I normally do, and I do apologize for that. So I'm gonna play this Yuri Bezmenov clip right now, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. And just this is this, these are words to echo through your mind and into your soul and into your DNA and just hold it there. Hold it there and reference it. Keep going back to it and keep understanding what you're seeing is what he's describing and understand the nature of the attacker. And that's the only, that's, that's, that's part one is know thy enemy. And then we can work on how to fix it. Okay, here we go. Soviets use the phrase ideological. Trying it again. What do they mean by What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, huh. no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a All right, here's what I'm going to do this. I'm going to put it through the speaker, and hopefully that'll, that'll solve the problem. But that doesn't make sense that that would happen. I don't think it should be happening that way. Speakers connected. Joshy TV is not picking it up. He said, "All right, we'll we'll do it through the speakers, and then it's just gonna—it's probably gonna echo like crazy though now. So let's try to fix this. What an annoying thing. So stupid. It's it's properly set up. Everything is is doing what it's supposed to do. So I'm not sure what what the problem is. Let me just do this one more time. Let's go to Streamyard. I'm gonna stop sharing and I'm gonna reshare." Maybe it just failed. Share, share screen, share audio, click, share. Of course, the one, the day that I'm not feeling well, I've got, I got to fight with things, right? Stupid. It makes me very upset. Can't just be smooth. Forget that, right? All right. So it's going to go through speakers now, I think. We'll see how that works. Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion. What do they mean by it? What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to 
uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change them. That's huge right there. That, that should be very familiar sounding to you. They just respond to stimuli and to impulses. They're just impulse emotion triggered. And this is why it's a waste of time. They might look like people. They might talk like people. But I don't know if they're really people. And when I say that, it's, you know, figurative because they just they're not going to have the same capacity as other people would to absorb new information and understand what is going on or even want to they're just going to meet everything with resistance and hostility okay moving on the mind even if you if you expose them to authentic information even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior in other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of uh, United States society. And yet these people who've been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, Obviously, they will revolt. They 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 will uh, they they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they obviously they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Yes. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can you can get. Uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand and uh, it will be greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. And he said that back in 1984. So that should just tell you just how much worse it is now. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, 
uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically, America is stuck with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, normalcy and, and uh, patriotism. The next stage is destabilization. I'm saying all of these little markers that I was uh, going over with you is illustrating is happening. The destabilization, the loss of job, that causes chaos and worry and panic and, and anxiety and loss of property, no way to feed your family, no way to keep a home. And it's just getting worse. The hits just keep on coming from all directions. And what, what's their answer? more of the stuff that ruined it in the first place more more pipeline destruction or let's deplete the, the supply that we do have on hand so that once that's gone we're really screwed this time subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby it doesn't matter anymore this time and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation uh it's what what matters is essentials George's official count yet, but we're at 600 and probably 20 days or more in, into that two or three years uh, worth of time required for destabilization. They're doing a heck of a job. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth. Uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that 
the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. United States is in the state of war. Undeclared total war. Nothing has changed and it's only gotten worse, guys. I'm just trying to say this for the last two years, actually. No, no, I'm sorry, three, even before COVID happened, that they were eating away at us. And uh, now in 1984, he's saying the same thing. This was, that's the year that this was uh, broadcast, 1984. Against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system, however ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy. Whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking, but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, Nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to prison inmate. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of United States population is convinced that the danger is real, they have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. And there you have it. No mincing of words there. In order to make this stop, we have to force them to stop by whatever means is required by, you know, however stubborn they're gonna be about it. And it's not gonna probably be done through, you know, stand up, and, and noble activity, as he said, it's gonna probably have to be done by putting the fear of God in these people who have never been accountable, held accountable for any of their actions in the last 150 years or more. And even back then, I think prior to the Civil War, there was a lot of uh, what they called Jesuit theater being uh, portrayed for the, for the public, for them to think that there was a you know, a resistance to some of the stuff that was happening when, when it, quite literally there was just two people putting on a show and a performance for you so that you entertained the audience, just like uh, Q entertained the audience and made them sit on their hands. So all the people that would have gotten up and said, this is enough, have already had their minds 
uh, subverted by the QAnon ph phenomenon. And it's it's like what I talk about with uh, oh, what do you call it? Let me let me change this real quick. With uh, Pandora, Pandora had a jar, by the way, not a box. In the original story, it was uh, it's not Pandora's box, even though that's common. It's Pandora had a jar of all these uh, plagues to uh, put against man, right? And uh, the very last one, the very last one in the jar, when she looked down and smirked her evil grin, right, her evil smile. You know what that? You know what that? Mo the most horrendous and evil and and destructive of all the plagues was hope. Hope in a jar. That's right. I actually made a video about it, and it was uh, I used a, a couple clips from a movie called Pandorum that came out, I think, in two thousand nine. Uh, one had nothing to do with the other, just the name. But it's uh, it's actually pretty uh, pretty interesting that. Of the of all the things, because the most the most deceptive, the most attractive, because you want you want to believe something is going to happen. You don't want to think that it's going to get horrible. You don't want to think that you, by God, would have to actually move your butt to do something to fix something. Because there's just so many of us. Someone else can handle it, right? Well, yeah. I guess if you're a general, I guess if you're somebody who can or or an influencer who can get people to do stuff, sure. Um, but you're still actively involved in it. Oh, it sounds like I got some music going in here. Yes. All right, guys, we will we will take this up in about four minutes. Why hello there? Oh, that really cracked that time. My voice is only going to get worse. It sounds like so. Um, according to our oh, excuse me, hold on. Okay, so I'm just scrolling down here because I'm going to try to find it before I talk about it. Let's make sure it's there. Okay, yes, it is. Let's make sure it doesn't play on its own. Okay, so it's called Hope in a Jar, the Pandora Effect, and then in parentheses it says PSYOP. I posted it on February 19th, 2021, but I think I may have actually posted it someplace else like about two or three months before that, and this is a... Uh, a lecture about like you know the actual story of of pandora and it, it focuses on the fact that she might have been like a, a cyborg or a robot or an, something automated right like an automaton right so because she's created not born developed by the gods each one of them programs her with something and sends her down to be a scourge on earth that uh what do you call it and then and then uh you know prometheus and epimetheus one one means uh, wisdom or 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 uh, forethought, and the other one means uh, what do you call it? Hindsight. So Prometheus is the wisdom, and and his brother Epimetheus is uh, is hindsight, and he's the one that gets the gift of of uh, of hope. <laughs> gives the gift gets the gift of the beautiful um, what do you call it? Uh, the beautiful Pandora and her bag of goodies. So there you go. And that, you know, getting back to the whole the whole concept of hope and things like that too. We're looking at uh I think my internet is probably shot right now. I don't even know if you guys can hear me because it's saying that it's all jacked up right now. You know, I guess what what do you want for $75 a month, right? Jesus Christ. Anyhow. So yeah, um hope is deceiving. Hope makes you I mean, is isn't isn't faith based re based religion meant to make you not 
be to be inactive and to not, you know, take matters in your own hand because it's blasphemous if you do. And then they kind of like merge that with the QAnon phenomenon to where now we're talking biblical stuff and Jesus and God and all this other stuff. And we're mixing it in with the QAnon and all these little slogans, these these catchphrases, trust the plan, where we go on, we go all. Yeah, where we go on, we go all. Concentration camp. Yeah, where we go on, we go all. Tent to get shots in our arms, right? That's where we, go. That's where we end up going all together. Onto a train, to a corridor. So <laughs> that's it. it just I, I I want I want to re like hope isn't exact isn't necessarily a positive thing because it can it can lead you to self deceive and uh, any encouragement to push you in that direction is actually very very uh, effective because your wants overpower your ability to to rationalize and reason and, and and analyze because you don't want to think that the worst outcome is possible. You want to believe that you can uh, get out of situations without it getting to a certain point. And anything that says that that's a possibility, you want to latch onto that because that gives you hope. And meanwhile, the enemy's still planning and plotting all the, all the time. All that time that you're standing there in your, in your, in your faith, in your in your in your in your hope, thinking that it's just going to be okay because it just is, and I don't really understand why or how, but it's just going to be okay. Well, that's uh, that's how, you know, in in a situation where it's like let's say two two warring armies, two factions, right? There's one sitting there contemplating war, and in in uh, strategizing, and there's another one denying that they're at in the field. Um, they're still going to get shot just because they're denying that it's there. Or, or they have faith that something else will intervene when it's them who are the ones that are supposed to defend the territory. They're hoping for somebody else to come along and do it. And that's where we find ourselves right now. Everybody is looking for some savior. Uh, uh, and, and, and some of them are still looking for an orange-haired, orange-skinned, uh, geriatric savior, uh, an obese one, you know, that... that has lied to so many people in so many ways in the past, but all of a sudden he's got to be the guy. That's that's when you, you know that you're giving away your power way too well, way too often, and to just anybody who gives you a glimmer of hope. Hope, right? There's that word again. Hope. He gave you a glimmer of hope. No. Is he the one staring down into the jar, smirking at us? Who's to say? But I think it's kind of interesting to say the least. And if you want to watch that whole video, like I said, it's uh, it's called, I already deleted it off the thing, I took the tab down, but it's called Hope in a Jar. And uh, it's also on the Joshi TV channel and on the brand new YouTube channel. I thought that one, the, the beginning is a little slow because I'm talking about things that happened that day and it's dated, but it's, uh, if you just push towards where it starts the, uh, the lecture and I'm commenting on, on the person doing the lecture about the, uh, the, the fable, <laughs> the tale, then it this, it starts to make sense and it's uh it's more uh we call it relevant. And if you uh if you don't think that they're attacking us, if, if for some reason all these people are dropping dead from taking these shots, this this silent weapon for this quiet war that we're in that we some of us don't even realize we're we're being attacked. Uh, let me just put it in this pers in the perspective of a business owner. Okay, there used to be a time not too long ago where I didn't have to think about 
making a, a purchase. And it was like that for about eight years, seven years, maybe. Um, you know, I've had struggles throughout my life. I haven't always had, like, I've, I've always worked very hard for things. It doesn't necessarily mean that it, it translated into having abundance. It just means that I worked really hard, you know, and you have to prove yourself to lots of people. If you have to keep on getting reset and start all over again in life, um, you have to build that back up again. And it's just, it's a lot of time that gets swallowed by, by each time you get, you get kicked back to the, you know, kicked back down the ladder. And, uh, so when I finally started my own business, I wasn't making a, a lot. It was just farmer's markets at first and stuff like that. But I knew that if I focused on what I was doing, it would at least be enough to where I could support myself with it without having to work for someone else. And that was the goal. And it finally got to the point where I could. So I left the, uh, the, the communist IBEW, which is the International Brotherhood of Electricians and, uh, <laughs> in, in, yeah, I don't know what the, what the W would stand for. I know it's the electrical workers, but it's I'm trying to find a euphemism, like a, another way of saying that they're, you know, the unions themselves are just very corrupt, very uh, democratic, I guess. But democrat's the wrong word. I think communist is the best word to, to use. They tell you what to vote for, who to vote for. And they, they're, talk about short-sighted. As long as it works for their short-term goals, they don't care how it affects the rest of the country at all they don't care how any kind of policy affects the rest of the community they are the most selfish and they're prima donnas because the union teaches you to uh you know be begrudging about actually putting forth effort because of your you can hide behind your union book you know of your of your of your uh and then you have your shop steward protect that you know all, all your claims that they, you know you shouldn't have to do this at that time and da, 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 da. you're so worried about being treated well that you're not paying attention to the job and i don't when i say being treated well i mean like pampered because these these guys are a bunch of women half the time big big burly guys that act like women when it came to actual work and actually doing stuff and it made me a little sick when i when i was in, the, in new york it wasn't as bad as when i came out in san diego like uh i got i got certified on all the uh all the machinery so i was driving all the fork trucks and stuff like that and uh doing all the boom lifts and you know driving all that stuff around and i was also a you know just a regular straight up forklift operator and any other any other vehicle so it's kind of like doing what the uh uh what the uh, there's there's another union that, that actually handles that and uh they, they i guess i guess after a while they started pushing it so that they made them hire those guys instead to do that job but that's like a an apprentice's job is to do the uh the hauling you know so i i worked i worked for five years but the whole point of the story was I worked my butt off since uh, age 13 to get to a point in my life. When, and then I finally took a chance on myself. I made a decision. I told the universe, this is what I'm doing. And that's just the way it is. And that's this is going to work. And it did. And it was like, you know, things started to fall into place for, uh, for me because I had finally made a decision. There's a billion things I've always wanted to do. I wanted to continue to write books. I wanted to be a director at one point. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a stuntman. I wanted to do all this. This is all real stuff. I'm not just saying words. I really wanted to be a stuntman. I wanted to do like rock climbing and jumping off base jumping and stuff like that. Did it something. Uh, so I knew I could do it and stuff like that. I wasn't afraid of it. Uh, so <laughs> moving along though, having the business provide for me so well for the last six years or seven, when the lockdowns happened, I was able to 
cut costs on payroll, which is like 70 grand a year. And uh, I was able to just boost up the internet and more people went to the internet, went to the website. So it was kind of like a, an even kill. Like I didn't make as much that those months, but I didn't have to because I didn't have to pay people. So it kind of balanced out to now where I don't even know if I can put out an emailer to people because I don't know when my next bottles are coming from. So these are artificial circumstances, artificial conditions that Biden and the New World Order and, and, and Klaus Schwab and whoever the hell else is pulling the strings is causing all of us. These are things that normal day-to-day people wouldn't have, you know, on any other given decade <laughs> would have to deal with and consider before making decisions. This erosion of everything and this slow trickle Chinese torture, well, like the water torture dripping on your head method that they're doing is making it so subtle that some people who don't have an active role in their life, who don't constantly pay attention to stuff because they need to, like a business oriented person or someone who has something to protect or whatnot, or somebody who's been, I guess, persecuted in their lives. So they're more sensitive to seeing what persecution looks like. Um, they, they're not even seeing what's going on. So they're not helpful. All right. They're not helpful because they're not they're not putting up resistance. They're supporting what it's easier to make sense. I mean, I mean, if they said it on TV and it's written down, it must be true. How is it that you're coming up with vaccine bad? I don't get it. So I don't I guess the point here is that we're not just being attacked like through the shot. We're being attacked on our financial stability, our ability to continue at whatever capacity, even a small business can't find supplies, what are bigger businesses able to do when they have to produce more of their product? And the stuff that's coming from overseas that we need because we moved all of our industry overseas and then all of a sudden, oops, sorry, we're closed. <laughs> these, aren't, these aren't normal conditions. And there's no need for it or reason, except for the fact that you have to kind of bring yourself to, the, to this conclusion, hey, we're at war. We're not just at war, we're at war with people who have infiltrated our state and local government and our federal government on every single level. And that if you want to want to call them dual citizens, if you want to call them small hat wearers, if you want to just call them lizards and reptiles and bad people, I don't care, psychopaths, however you want to do it, because a little bit of each of those people are those people that are that are the, the problem. It's not all one group. But they do work together with other people to make this happen, and we're we're at we're at a point right now where, without waking up to this, it's a little. I think it might even be too late now. Um, how are we as individuals going to tell them, force them to offload cargo ships? How are we as individuals going to tell them, start working on that pipeline again, stop closing other pipelines, stop? depleting our reserves so that once that's gone, we don't have anything at all and we can't do it a second time, right? I mean, I don't know if 50 million barrels is everything, but it's, I bet it's a pretty big dent. And they're not planning on restocking it. They're not replenishing it as they go. So like anytime you have, like when you go to buy groceries, you don't say, okay, that's it. Throw out the credit card. We're good. We have food now. No, it's it's needs a constant renewal. You need to buy more, right? You need, you need to get more supplies. 
need to replenish what you've used. So if they're not doing that, then all they're doing is depleting. They're, they're, they're actively depleting us of all resources and they're getting support th uh, for it by saying that they're doing it to, to, to uh, offset a crisis that they, that they actually caused by shutting down pipelines in the first place. This is a really big deal to me because I travel a lot, but it's also because I just, I listen and pay attention to things. And this, this is kind of crazy that not everybody else is seeing what's going on or f feeling it yet because they work for somebody else, I guess. I don't know. They just deal with the, with the discomfort because they're just used to being, to dealing with things because we're all trauma, traumatized individuals. We're all suffering from abuse by our government and have been since birth by our state and local police by all those all those things that made us feel like we were children and they were the they were the adults in the authority that conditioned us to believe that that's our role that we are beneath them and we have to do at some point at some in some stage they do actually control all the stuff and we have to obey that's what we've been taught nothing could be further from the truth unless you have been convinced of it and then that's the only truth because once you're convinced they've won checkmate okay <laughs> if you if you if you go into a fight convinced you're going to lose you're, you're already lost you did lose that's that's how that works and i don't see anybody even even attempting to 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 stick move dodge pull up their arms defend their face none of this stuff not a whole lot of people doing that and the ones that are are just as frustrated about the situation as I am. So, I've already talked about all that. There's another thing too. There's a book. I'm kind of shifting gears here, but it may, maybe this is the issue. Maybe maybe people think that the institution of um, what do you call it? of uh, the medical industry is somehow good. It was somehow put in place for us to. Uh, what, what, what are we to, to, to benefit mankind and that's not a business or a racket or a monopoly or a or a drug trust or anything like that it's not the no they're they are here money's good but they're here to 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 keep us healthy right and all these institutions that they just these these uh federal regulatory agencies that have absolutely no bert um bearing our lives they're not supposed to anyway like the cdc has no right to be telling anybody what to do we don't care who it is they don't care if it's a hospital they, don't, they shouldn't be putting out they put out recommendations and there's a reason why it's called that because they have no authority to tell anybody how to do anything. The fact that they're willfully adopting it means that the fix is in and now other people are involved and it's a conspiracy. Literally what the word means, two or more people actively working on a goal outside the norm to affect, to, and, and they're, they're adversely affecting the rest of the people, right? So let's talk about this book here. It is called Medical Nemesis by Ivan Illich, The Expropriation of Health. And I'm not going to get into it too much. I'm not going to read too much of it. I'm just going to show you the chapters. And this book's been around for a while. So iatrogenesis, it says clinical iatrogenesis. I've, I've defined this word before, but let's go ahead and do that again. Is it right over the top of it? No, it's right here. Okay. <clears throat> my voice. Iatrogenesis is the causation of a disease, a harmful complication, or other ill effect by any medical activity, including diagnosis, intervention, error, or negligence. Okay, 
that's a nice way to tip your toe and dance around it. Iatrogenesis is a plague brought on by doctors. Okay? By, they say, by, by negligence or deliberate acts or having such faith in their, in their uh, schooling that was completely jaded and one-sided as to what medicine actually is that uh that they they buy this hook long line and sinker because they themselves are quote unquote indoctrinated so they believe it like a religion their their scientism right they can't be wrong and they will they refuse to even consider hearing you out because they're superior beings now and you're just an idiot who goes on google and doesn't know anything right so clinical iatrogenesis doctors affected effectiveness is an illusion Useless medical treatment, doctor-inflicted injuries, and defenseless patients. That's part one of this. Social iatrogenesis, the medicalization of life, political transmission of iatrogenic disease, social iatrogenesis, medical monopoly. We talked about that when we talked about the, um, when we read from the book, Murder by Injection, value-free cure, the medicalization of the budget. Uh-huh. The pharmaceutical invasion, that sounds like a war, doesn't it? Diagnostic imperialism, hmm, PCR tests, preventative stigma, terminal cer uh, ceremonies, black magic, patient majorities. And then the fifth one here is, uh, oh, the invention and elimination of disease, the invention of disease, you can see that one. Death as a commodity, yes, because they make money off of these, uh, Ta toe tagging you with the word COVID on your toe, right? 40 grand ahead. That's why they want to test you before you go under under anesthesia. So sh it, in in the totally not deliberate uh, instance where you, you know, circumstance where you could possibly not come back from it, they want, they want to make sure that uh, they got that test in ahead of time so they could say that you died with or of COVID, right? And not because of malpractice. Bourgeois death, clinical death, trade union claims to natural death. Death under intensive care. Mm. All right, so we're just, the whole point is this is a really good book and everybody should read it. And that's that. It's called Medical Nemesis and it's by Ivan Illich, I L L I C H. All right. And we learned a new term today. Well, I didn't, but you may have iatrogenesis. There's an actual term for it because, <laughs> because it's an actual thing. It's been going on for a long time. It's a uh, death by the hands of a doctor, maiming. Uh, disease caused by doctor, all these things. That's that all falls under the iatrogenesis, which goes right along with eugenesis and eugenics. Yeah, right. and I, that's Russia. We don't talk about Russia. Okay, I'm gonna play this little clip here. This is Pat Cash, Australian former professional tennis player. I'm probably gonna have the same problem I had a second ago, so I might as well just start off that way so that I don't have. I don't understand what's going on with this thing, but anyway. I need a new computer, guys. Help out. Do the uh, do the Patreon thing so I can get a, at least a sound card because something's jacked up with this computer. All right, we're gonna play this guy. Hopefully, it's all enough. We're talking about how they're attacking elderly and young alike with these death shots. When they convince an 89-year-old woman to go and get a, a vac vaccination, and she goes out there and gets it, and they, they, you know, somebody points to me and says, you got blood on your hands if you don't, you know, do this and do that. I'll tell you, blood on your hands. 
the doctor who didn't check my mum, the doctor or the people who convinced my mother at 89 to get a vaccination, four days of splitting migraines followed by two strokes and a heart attack. Yeah. You've got blood on your yeah. hands, buddy. You've got, why did they do that to an yeah. 18 year old, 89 year old um, woman? I, it has been her, now she's in, she's had to, oh, she's care. She had to get looked after. She was on her own in her own apartment. She was great. She had collapsed on the floor. My brother just got there in time. They, res, they resuscitated her. What, and I said to mum, she recovered, which is amazing. I said, mum, tell, tell, you, tell your cardiologist what, yeah. what happened. She said, I did. And I said, can you report it, please? She said, there's no point reporting it. Adverse reaction, no point, nobody listens. I was like, mum, tell him, you know. She said, I didn't want to stress her. She did been no. two strokes and a heart attack. I was like, she basically said, nah, no, the doctors aren't, aren't, aren't reporting but, these things. So we're not getting the truth on that side as you well. Know, and you know what, uh, and, the, the, and the trouble is with the mainstream media is, as you said earlier, you're only getting one, one line of messages. Mm. So we're not getting constant coverage about the million reported adverse reactions on the MHRA. We're not getting the story about the 30,000 people uh, across Europe who've died from the vaccine you get yeah. constant stories i didn't have the vaccine oh dear i wish i had and now i'm ill or my brother's ill you get plenty of those but you do get the feeling that there's um a very skewed type of reporting oh, yeah, of this there's no, there's no doubt there's no doubts about that um and i think that's the sort of the frightening thing isn't it really the censorship of of really good good people and then and then the shutting down the debunking of of these people who are you know top you know top top scientists yeah. and and independent scientists and yeah. and um so yeah i mean i suppose you go back and say what is the what is the reasoning behind all this yeah. is it just money okay there's one more i want to start real quick do you think at all that your rhetoric around calling people anti-vaxxers some of whom were vaccinated has had an impact at all on vaccine take-up in parts of the territory no and i'll repeat it if you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer, absolutely. And if you are out there in any way, shape or form campaigning against this mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. If you say pro-persuasion, stuff it, shove it. We are absolutely gonna make sure as many territorials as possible are vaccinated. That is our best protection against this thing. Come on, calm down, calm down. All right, so there's that. That's 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 the uh, that's the thought process of the uh, the tyrants in charge of our lives. They are at war with us. They are treating us like the enemy. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Lockdown is for life, not just Christmas. What a what a lovely shirt that is. At least it's honest. So th these are these are the people that were sitting around waiting to see if they're going to do the right thing. I think I think it might be a, a, a waste of effort, and it might be uh, to our detriment to be waiting around for them to do something about anything. They're uh, they're acting like generals in the field because they're so far removed from anything that their 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 little conference room with their leather chairs and their and their espresso they're. They're not concerned about getting dirty and getting their hands dirty or anything like that. They're not actively involved. They're just going to, you know, hump the podium and, and talk tough while they make other people go out there like they're, they have UN troops in, in 
Australia taking care of business for them. Maybe they wear police officer uniforms one day. Maybe they'll wear something else the next. But it's not just it's not just the uh, the Australian police force that's uh, actively attacking the citizens or the people. I should call them not the citizens. Citizen slave people, the owners of the country, right? <laughs> so there's all that. I have a thirty minutes left, and I'm my voice is failing like awfully right now. So we'll just try to get through it. Is this the other guy? Yeah, I don't think I need that one anymore. Let's go talk about this one a little bit more. Uh, this is the Paul Joseph Watson uh, from six days ago. A school in the UK is forcing children who don't wear face masks due to them having an exemption to wear yellow badges on school premises and in class. So let's mark them so that they can be ostracized and ridiculed and and and, and singled out. That's That's awful, huh? Yes, really. An email. And, and, and what does that sound like? Something that they claim happened in Germany, right? You have to wear your little star, your little badge. An email uh, form. I think it's supposed to say from. It says form, though. An email from the school, which is not named, was posted on Twitter by journalist Allison Pearson. The school cites an increase in the number of COVID cases, despite the fact that infection levels in the UK have been flat or even in decline over recent weeks as a justification for reintroducing mandatory mask rules. Uh, testing with things that aren't meant to, to diagnose is why you have more cases, you dumbass. And amplifying it by 45 times. This is what Operation Moonlight is all about. Or Moonshot, I'm sorry, it's called Moonshot in the UK. Those pupils who were exempt from wearing a mask last academic year will again be exempt and should wear a yellow badge, states the email. Right, right. Single them out for ridicule and and, and possible harm because other other kids will see that as a as a reason to attack them. Children must wear a yellow badge to prove they're mask exempt. Does the school have teachers who know their history? Exactly. Why is this over the top of this? For people who are feeling unwell, either due to COVID, I can't read on a reason, then we obviously recommend that they take time to rest and recuperate. If your child falls into this category, do please keep us informed of their progress and let us know as when, as and when they are fit to resume online learning, whatever. In light of the increase in number of cases, we have also decided to introduce the compulsory wearing of ma ma face masks in classrooms and other confined areas. The yellow badge is historically understood to symbolize a badge of shame and was imposed on Jews at numerous points throughout history to denote them as ethnic or religious outsiders. While no one is comparing the treatment of Jewish people in Nazi Germany to kids being forced to wear yellow badges, the use of such symbol is still odious and morally bankrupt. Does the school have a teachers who know their history? Asked Pearson. As we previously reported, teachers at a Colorado Springs Middle school forced children to tape masks to their face in what was described as an act of child abuse. That's exactly what it is. Number one, my daughter would never go to a public school because of what I've come to learn. Um, but in addition to that, if anybody ever so much as tried to touch my daughter, they would have the the the, the gates of hell would open upon them, and there would be nothing but a smear of grease where that person once stood. After an education expert asserted 
in an article that forcing school children to wear face masks was causing psychological trauma, Forbes deleted the piece soon after it began to go viral. Right, Forbes is a piece of crap, by the way. Even though they try to put up a bunch of conservative crap on their YouTube channel, Forbes is part of the global government. As we previously highlighted, a study found that mean IQ scores of young children born during the pandemic have tumbled by as much as 22 points while verbal, motor, and cognitive performance have all suffered as a result of lockdown and mask mandates. It's also because of their contamination, poison, and the way they're born and getting shots from the time they're, you know, come out of the womb. That's what reduces your intellect. All right, so that's, again, this is another indication that they are at war with us. And who do they, who do they strike? The most innocent and the, uh, what should be our top priority as, as parents. Stop being so distant to your children. All right, so another thing I didn't say either is uh, revolution.radio, all right? Revolution.radio or freedomslips.com is where you go to find this, the, uh, this show every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and when you go to the top bar, you'll see a nav bar. It says Home Schedule, Archives, Contact Store, and Donations. You click that button, you can become a patron, a patron on Patreon. And there's other various ways you can uh, help keep independent radio flourishing or just keeping afloat, whichever way it happens. Um, where we put our money is up to us. We can continue to, you know, be taxed against our will for things like infanticide and wars and the war that's being, play, you know, conducted against us. So when we have a choice of our own to, to decide where some of our funds go, why not put it in places that help to fight the tyranny that I just mentioned in the first part, right? We have, we have to keep we have to keep mindful here that we are allowing them to have all the tools necessary for victory. They have the media. They have all the weapons of war because we bought them. Everything that they have, we bought and uh, and we've allowed because of our trust to to they operate, they maintain, and have it within their possession everything that we would need in order to be dominant and superior to the and, and 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 superior is what i mean is able to combat any type of tyranny that they threw at us rather than being kicked around by basically the same kid that got kicked around in high school like these people that are in positions of power right now they're in you can look at bill gates you can look at dan whatever his name is over in uh in uh in victoria wherever he is these people, Dan Peters, is that his name? These people are, for lack of a better term, they're just, they're, they're, they're vapid, vacant shells. They're low lives, and they're, they would have been beat up every day at high school. So now, now it's their turn. Is that what it is? It's not because they have any, you know, prowess when it comes to uh, combat. It's not like they're tough guys. They just act and talk tough because... There, this, that's the way our society has been, been run lately. Those who can hide behind whatever, can say and talk and do all, and feel very comfortable and safe and secure, causing a bunch of trouble for other people who just want to be left alone. And you can never get to them to hold them accountable for what 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 uh, trouble they stir up for you. And if if it can be as that simple as that, that's what we need to fix. We need to fix the fact that people can duck behind 
the school monitor, you know, the the the, the lunch aide, and throw grenades at you, and then hide behind her again. And you know, there's your shield. You're protected. You can't. You better not take a swing at that kid because you know you'll be the one in trouble. You, meanwhile, they're still they're still launching grenades at you, and you know, th- whatever, throwing spitballs at you, whatever the heck they're doing. They're doing it under a human shield, right? They're they're doing it under multiple layers of protection, so that you can't ever get to them. Because if if they were as vulnerable as we are, we wouldn't be having this conversation. There would have never been a lockdown. We wouldn't even hear about the tyrannical nonsense that happens with with the medical industry. I wouldn't have a deformed hand from from being denied surgery. You know, a lot, I wouldn't have had my vehicle. This is why I'm down in in uh, in finances right now. Some idiot hit me, almost killed me. And the police wrote it up as being my fault, even though it wasn't, and they weren't there, so it's hearsay. And the the one person that they got as a witness is a friend of ours, and she said that they took her, her statement out of context. Oh, and by the way, her first language is Korean, so her her euphemisms and stuff like that. They comp- there was a eyewitness who actually saw the accident. That's what a witness is. They actually see something, not just talk about it, right? She explained to the police officer that she did not see anything. She only heard it and then looked afterwards and saw what happened afterward. She did not see the point of impact or how it happened. She told the police officer that, and she still took a statement from her and used it as her primary source for why she wrote the – she had already predetermined that she was going to save or protect one of her own because the guy happened to be of the same nationality, and he was representing a company that is known in the town. So – Screw the guy who was just driving past his daughter's gymnastics class. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of children walking around the street, you know, walking and getting their cars and stuff like that. This idiot comes barreling twice the speed limit down the down the road, and luckily I was able to to absorb his, the shock and not some kid, right? But the point of the matter is, I was never able to recoup my losses. I lost the vehicle that day, seven thousand dollars in an instant, gone. And then guess what? I need about seven thousand dollars right now to write my to write the boat that I'm in, and that's what that what they stole from me. So yeah, when you start getting hit, when you start getting abused by a system, it's not so hard to, to, to imagine greater corruption than what you've already experienced. It's not that hard because you've already witnessed it. You already lived through it. You already know that there's no justice in this freaking world. You can almost get murdered and then you're the one to blame, right? Even though you're not, you weren't at fault. And so it goes. And I could tell you, th- I could tell you 15 stories off the top of my head of, of similar things that have happened to me throughout my 42 years on this planet that would outrage you if, if you could see and empathize through my eyes how that would feel or how it would affect you if it was you that happened to. It's ridiculous. And I'm just sick of waiting around for other people to, to catch on because the, more, the longer they wait, the more we lose. The more, the more of our hard work, more of our soul, our efforts, our time, our happiness is all being swallowed, stolen, ripped away from us because we're waiting for stupid people to not do, they aren't going to do anything to do something. Let's just step over them, push them away, get them out of our way and take care of business already. Enough is enough. I don't need somebody to go fight my battles, but I don't want them standing in my way either. And I don't want them to oh, you're an anti You know, I don't care about your stupid words. Anti-vaxxer, that just simply means that I can deduce, you know, I, I, I understand cause and effect and I, can, and I have a logical mind. I guess that's what that means. 
weren't sick, gets shot, inflamed heart, dies. Gee, I don't want that for myself or my daughter. Not going to happen. Oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer? Why? Because of the 0.0001% chance that I would, ha- ha- you know, either get the, get the illness or succumb to it and, and die from it? I'll take my chances. Thanks. There's a higher risk of death from what they consider the cure, which they also said doesn't prevent it. Why are we, why are we doing this again? So that we can install the hardware that we need to jack in just like they would with the, uh, the matrix, you know, so that we can connect with the, the metaverse that they're going to create around us, put our, put our, uh, our virtual goggles on virtual reality goggles on us and just, just like the matrix, use us like a battery. Suck our energy away while we sit in our, our, our imaginary la-la land in our super cities packed in like sardines. That's our future for the ones that they allow to survive. That's not going to be my family, okay? And if that means that half you idiots are going to just be standing there clueless when, uh, when, when, when the things start going down, then that's what it means. It was never meant to be 50% of the population fighting back anyway. It never had to be in the past. And the longer we wait, and the more people that they make ill so that they can't fight, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're passing out playing sports or just walking down the street and then dying because that means that they can't obviously be in combat situations either. So they're, they're you know, how we, people always say, oh, we outnumber them, blah, blah, blah. We, if, if we ever got together, we'd be able to take it down. No big deal. And then people like rest on rest on that, like, oh, we outnumber them. Yeah, but you're still letting them abuse you. So why is that? Why, why are you letting that happen? You know, it, 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 I don't mean to make this to be like a lecture or pep talk, but at what point do you exercise those things that you have going for you? Like, if you think you outnumber them, which I don't think we do anymore, because the more people that get these inoculations, I'm not sure how many the real number is. I know they're going to lie and tell you a lot of people did it when they didn't. And that there's a lot more resistance to it than they want to let on. But what was I saying? I'm just looking at Snoopy here. The um, the truth of the matter is, if they are getting something put into them that can change or alter their way of perceiving things, if they can kill the VMAT2 gene somehow, and if that does store your your uh, capacity for empathy or your ability to sense a higher being in yourself, like they say it does, like that's the God gene or whatever, then you, you lose your contact with God. Well, then you lose your con- your concept of right and wrong, and you become indifferent, which is even, evil is indifference, because it's indifference to evil. It's indifference to love. It doesn't have any emotional response to anything. It has no care. It's apathy rather than empathy. It's complete indifference. And, you know, you don't have to be, I mean, but you could be doing horrific things to other people. Because if you, if you are vapid and empty and vacant on the inside and have no concept or connection to any other living thing, then it won't matter to you if you witness atrocities right in front of you, two children, or if atrocities are being uh, conducted against you. And thirdly, if you can be influenced through, oh, I don't know, all the all that hardware, all that all that uh, nano that they put in you, plus 
5G and all this other stuff that they're going to utilize to alter brain waves, and they can put lots like a targeted individual in your head to either drive you mad and make you want to go, you know, get hostile, or if they can just through power of suggestion, like Loki would love to do, because Loki is the trickster, right? Get you to kill the people that you love, get you to kill your own family, like they did with the Amity Horror, Amity Horror. Amityville horror experiment, which I guarantee you was a CIA operation, then they can they can go ahead and just uh, have us attack our, each other from within, and that's the ultimate goal of evil is to turn turn love into hate, or or to turn love into indifference. Have you do the the, the horrible acts yourself against the ones that you loved? I say loved in past tense because if they can affect your brain that way to where you would do things like that, you're not the same person anymore. You don't exist. You already died. You're just a shell. So there's that. I mean, I'm not sure where that where that leaves us, but I think that uh, I think we have a lot of thinking to do and maybe a little bit less time to do it in. Maybe this this next round of pondering and philosophizing needs to come with a little bit of teeth and uh, stop, what, 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 no, hold no line. What the hell are you talking about? Stop it, shut up. All right, QAnon, get it out of your head. Eliminate it, erase it from your memory. Maybe it started off as something good, but it was co-opted, just like everything else that they like to use the name of so that they can drive the reputation of it into the ground and pervert it. There is nobody coming. We are it. They are hurting children. They are abusing your children. They are abusing families. They are putting them out in the street. This is all not necessary. None of it is, is, is because it's just the way life is right now. No, it's not. It's not. Not for a meaningless disease. It's not. It's, this is, all, I'm, I'm sick right now. I don't, it's not, I know what it isn't. I can tell you that. I don't know what, it, you know, people get sick, but I, I know what it isn't. It's, and you know, I bet you it's not from unicorn farts either. I probably didn't catch a uni unicorn virus either. Just gotta, we gotta, it's only gonna, it's only gonna wake people up when it happens to them specifically or their family or they find out that they don't have a job anymore. They don't have a home to go home to. But by then you're already weakened. It's too damn late to do anything about it. When you have no possessions and you're sitting on the street, how many people talk to other people? Like, do you, how, how many times do you sit down and listen to somebody who's dirty and homeless and you have a nice long conversation and really get to know them and, 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 and uh, empathize with them and then crusade for their cause? How often does that happen? Don't you just automatically assume things about them and write them off? Isn't that the nature of, of society to do so? hundred. Uh, you know, 99 times out of 100, it's probably the right answer to do, not to waste your time. But when everybody becomes destitute and in abject poverty, then everybody, then there's going to be all kinds of walks of life and all kinds of stories on the street. Families on the street. Take a walk through Mexico someday and see all the kids uh, begging with their with their mothers, which I think is a horrible thing to do to your children to teach them that. And, and to use them as as a tool to get people's sympathy, I think that's I think that's a low life thing to do. But it's done, and children grow up in that. 
and who knows i think i think if you had some kind of like inner morality you no matter how bad things were you'd figure out a different way other than to exploit your children to do that and they'll say it's desperation and all that stuff i any there's a lot of things that it's just more like a man up situation like man the f up stop asking or stop, stop giving people excuses for like bad behavior <laughs> or 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 you know begging and asking for things when you haven't really have you tried everything to make to make it on your own have you have you really done it have you really tried everything to make it on your own before you ask for something i mean i've gone through my entire life working my butt off and getting kicked right the frick back down finally thought it was good finally started a family and then the entire world had to shut itself down in order for me to 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 because of how strong i built my my world finally because i brought a, a child into a daughter into it that i was my four shields were pretty damn strong right and then came, then came this and they just altered the way the world operates so now it's operating under different rules that i didn't build my structure from okay i built it from the structure of the world that was in place at the time that i was constructing the the the, the, the business not not in the uh in the new alternative world that we find ourselves in where, the, where everybody's out to sabotage everything that could possibly be useful to us to us to a society to help it keep going dropping pipelines depleting stock jacking up uh you know the uh the, the minimum wage while you're forcing mandates on businesses and getting people kicked out of work creating incentives so that they will stay out of work yeah. the fact that their work ethic in the beginning was was terrible in the first place now you're giving them a sense of entitlement that's even worse than it was before you're destroying the morality of people you're demoralizing them on a daily basis and it's only getting worse i'm fortunate i feel fortunate that i grew up in the time that i did around the family that i did who were tough on me who put place values in me that I learned things and that I learned to appreciate those values once I learned them you know it's not you still have to it's, there's a there's a choice there you still have to either adopt it or reject it right I saw the value in that and I and I and I latched onto it and I knew that that was something that I wanted to be I wanted to be the best I could and I wanted to I even go to the, to, the, to the part where they say there's no stupid questions I was always told that Sure, there are. A stupid question is the one that you could have answered yourself, but you're too lazy, so you asked. That's that's a stupid question. If you can figure out the answer on your own, don't bother other people by asking them. That that's 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 that is a stupid question. If you if if you have it within your power to do anything and you don't do it, and you just find an easier, lazier way to 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 acquire said information, then that's 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 a, that's bad. You shouldn't be doing that. It teaches you to be dependent rather than independent. And it teaches you to feel like you're entitled to something. Like, let them answer for me because I'm, I simply can't be bothered to do, to do the work myself. And that's where we find ourselves. There's a whole world full of that right now. And uh, I know this kind of became a rant. I didn't have a lot prepared. See, here's the problem with me. I, I usually get inspired and like excited about one like not even completely formulated thought 
as to what I'm going to do for the radio show. And then from there, it branches out and a bunch of dots connect. Da, 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 da. And then I just try to, you know, get it all put together in like some kind of order and, and format and then proceed with that for the radio show. And then it actually evolves as I'm doing it. That excitement is being suppressed right now because I'm ill. So that like that passion, you know, and it's kind of funny because I, I had read a book on um, the Spreaker podcast before. Uh, it was called Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. And it's one that Dr. Um, Andrew Kaufman had recommended. So I started reading it. And there's there's a direct correlation from being ill in your in your ability to conduct electricity. So if we are electrical beings, when I say I'm dimmed right now, it's actually quite true. And I'm not a dimwit, I hope. <laughs> but as far as like how things are working and operating chemically in my body, it's not the same as it would be if I wasn't ill. So we are better conductors when we are healthier. And we are better insulators when we're not. And they, they did the, the, the hand, like the human chain experiments on this and stuff like that by putting somebody who's built underneath the weather, under the weather, in different parts in that chain, and they would be able to show where the uh, the electrical shock would would stop, and it would be the people that were not feeling well. It would it would break the the uh, the connection before it reached the end. And there was other experiments that they did. I've read the book. Uh, there's two different podcasts on Spreaker if you want to check them out. But there's a lot of interesting stuff in that book. I should I should go back to that soon. So I do apologize for uh, last week and then this this uh, not so great performance this week. You know, last night I, I started learning more about Thanksgiving than I I care to uh, repeat today because it wasn't all that interesting. And I was hoping to find some gem and make this story, uh, make this podcast pr prior to Thanksgiving uh, more about that. But there really wasn't anything there. I mean the Wampanoags and all, whatever it's it wasn't that interesting of a story and then there's a bunch of liberal nonsense bs with the native american because i they not only did they destroy their culture they destroyed their souls and then they turned them all into communist liberals whoever was left and then they taught taught them to be angry and uh and to continue to call us the white man you know i came over here my family came over here in 1949 no 39 I don't know. Maybe it was 42, 43. Whenever Mussolini started murdering everybody in in, in Italy, that's when we came over. <clears throat> we were never slave owners. Okay. We didn't kill any Native Americans. So don't group us all together. We were doing our thing in a whole different country. Okay. We we're kind of new to this place, actually. So don't 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 thrust all your hate on everybody who it looks a certain way. Cause that that just makes you a hypocrite. If if you're if you're gonna yell at us for doing the same, because I don't. And the other thing I wanted to say about that article is I don't like how they I don't like how they wrote it, uh, going on and on about you know the black Islamic black black this black this white that. Again, even the verbiage there, they're, they're, it's separating people, and I, I don't like that. I think I think focusing on those things are what keep this stuff alive. It just feeds it energy. It's I, when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, this is this is designed to make people angry at each other for being this or that and instead of just being angry at a, a lone psychopath who plowed into a bunch of kids because of his insane uh, 
whatever belief system that he had. This is why beliefs are bad. Okay, I'm not saying all beliefs. But I'm saying like when you have faith in something, you know what it is. And by God, don't fall, don't fall under the category of hope. Be the change. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Sorry, I'll see you guys next week. It'll be better next time. I probably won't be sick by then. All right, later. Don't get caught broadcasting out of your anus. Stay grounded to earth. Learn the facts at FactHunterRadio.com. Catch your nigga off guard with this shit. Josh. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.